You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. On this next episode of They Call Me Mr. You, in this world we hear so much about everything. People, economics, policy, government, everything else in this world. But it will behoove us to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves and everybody else. Mirror checks are a really funny thing. We can look at ourselves and think everything is fine. We think our hair is fly. Our outfit is smoking hot. And then we step out into the world at large and realize we might have misjudged the situation. Men find themselves in a similar spot. So wives, daughters, sisters, and mothers, listen close. The men are going to hear something that will serve as a spark. Today, you're going to understand why. All that and the kitchen sink. On this next episode of They Call Me Mr. You, which starts in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the All Purpose Pod for an All Purpose Life. We're your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Wherever you are today, have you listened to the People's Podcast? Thank you so much for making a call me Mr. You. Just a small part of your morning, your day, and your week. Come on, somebody. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Welcome back to the All Purpose Pod for an All Purpose Life. We're your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. You know how we do it. Season three has been on fire so far. We're really excited about this episode for a lot of different reasons, but every once in a while, hopefully very often, but every once in a while we had that episode that kind of cuts to the heart. It puts us in that spot where we really have to really look at ourselves and do a real, for real mirror check. I think this is one of those episodes. This is one of those times. Let's jump into the episode today, shall we? Man, oh man. The blame. The praise. We often get heavy doses of both of those. If I didn't know any better and doubted my own eyes, I think that men needed permission to live from their hearts. And not so much from the in- invisible list of do's and don'ts. What did we really ever gain from that kind of list? Have we evolved or have we devolved into boredom and fatigue and sadness? Businessmen, ministers, teachers, community leaders, fathers, husbands, and sons and brothers. We all have a lengthy list of what we should do and what we should not do. I know there's a running joke out there about men going to the grocery store with a list and come back without What's on the list? But that is a stereotype, and it's not actually a universal truth. However, there's nothing that wearies men more than a list. Now, maybe you have forgotten, but there's something intriguing about specific aspects of the history books. I'll be the first to say this. Everybody might be thinking it, but I'm going to be the first one to say it, I guess. A lot of what we read likely was not historically accurate. I know that's going to blow your mind. It had to be done. It may have been hyperbole told through the eyes of a prideful author. 
Maybe it was designed to create a narrative or make certain people look favorable over time and others not so favorable. Now, you can't be the first to discover a place people already have been living in for years and say, I discovered it. You can't say the lamb followed Mary everywhere she went. If anything, Mary followed the lamb. One of the most astounding points of history that we learned as kids was the wonder of exploration. Now, were these men seeking new lands and territory or were they looking for themselves through every conquest and discovery? We are in what seems like a perpetual search for beauty in the opposite sex or in eye-catching landscapes. We're seeking adventure with elements of danger and a sprinkle of destruction. It makes us feel alive. Now, are dangerous activities the answer to our issues or is it a symptom of a problem that's still yet unaddressed? When did the little boy who believed he can conquer any enemy make a weapon using a wooden stick and leaping from sofa to bed to chair to end tables on endless adventures die? Did he die of natural causes or did he die a slow death by those who didn't understand his nature? who also didn't understand his purpose. Today, we're going to talk about the purpose of man, the heart of man. He was made to steward. Adam can attest to that. He was made to lead and liberate. Moses can verify that. He was made to battle and defend and have a fierce heart. David can get with that. Man as a whole has been so stigmatized that there are people out there who think puppies have more value. Don't hate me, animal lovers. Take the emotion out of it and think for a moment. In all of the creatures created, only one was given divine intellect, divine wisdom, the ability to name every other living creature, and the ability to lead, reproduce, duplicate, and subdue. Man takes territory. Man conquers enemies. Man is creative and carries the creative qualities of his maker. But man is also fallible and ever in need of his maker. That little boy needed to grow up, but he should have never died. He had so much life to live. His eyes were full of wonder. He wondered if he could help the whole world be better. He declared passionately that everyone can be free and everyone can have food. If he was the president, everybody would have what they need they would all have clean water and people wouldn't hurt each other. He gazed upward, wondering what are all the elements that make a star in the sky? How does the moon come out at night and the sun appear in the day? How do you see them both at the same time? Where does wind come from? How do I fall down but people in space fall up? Are you smiling at some of these questions? I am. Or is your focus on anything that sounds like socialism that you forget what it's like to be inquisitive? The heart of man has been broken. Now, some might blame nagging wives whose fathers have failed to represent man well. Some might blame the, the media for offering neutered images of what a man should be. Some may believe it's a sinister and malicious plot to limit and slowly destroy the image of God one should see visibly in every man. Some believe all is to blame, and some believe some of the blame. 
But the bottom line is that the collective heart has been broken. I'll be the first to admit, I'm just now rediscovering my sense of adventure. I'm learning that danger isn't something I should be fearful of to the point of being immobilized and paralyzed. I'm understanding now why people run in the fires and the rubble rather than avoiding it altogether. You think of duty and job, but it's so much more than that. Although the images of prehistoric man are questionable for several reasons, the idea of territory, settling in new lands, foraging for food, living out in the wild, breathing God's fresh air, never sure what's going to happen tomorrow, defending your home, or how much the environment's going to change, strangely, it all makes sense to me now. To be clear, there's nothing outdoorsy about me. Just to be clear, fighting mosquitoes and coyotes is not my idea of a good time on a Friday night. Some go camping. I'm probably more the glamping type. I hear how I'm reaching for the firearm. That's just me. That's where I'm at in life. But I'm starting to understand that our nature isn't what we see anesthetized on family sitcoms and rom-coms. It's not that guy who's glued to his couch with a cold one in his hand while his kids play outside in the backyard. It's not the guy who works 60 hours a week who leaves before his kids eat breakfast and gets home after they're already tucked in the bed. That's not the essence of man. It's not the perception that he's sitting in his ivory tower waiting to blow the world up out of boredom or pride. It's not the desire to allow his wife to be the boss and remain in neutral for 30 years until he can't take it anymore and goes to the store but never comes back. That's not the essence of man. It's certainly not the guy that pounds his loved ones emotionally and physically so he feels somewhat in control of his life. That's most definitely not the heart of man. The heart of man is the guy that stood in the garden, assigning value to every created thing, confident of his place in his father's shadow, trusting of his father's voice, walking in authority given, not authority stolen. I'm talking about that guy. He was buck naked, but he was unashamed. He had an assignment to duplicate what he saw. He was the first person to be given the instructions to live out loud. That's the heart of man. That's what those that recognize what was lost fight every day to regain. Those are the freedom fighters. If ever there was a time for the return of the land conquering, water crossing, fire breathing, sword swinging, primal screaming warrior, it's right now. The struggle is real, y'all. Do you know any men that have laid their swords down? They've taken off their helmets and decided that relaxation and comfort is better than the joust, better than the duel, better than the struggle. You don't have to be an expert at home remodeling and home decor to get frustrated with seeing a project left incomplete. Most people, of which I am one, won't touch it until I know I can finish it. <laughs> the idea of doing things in incremental steps is a daunting task for somebody with my kind of personality. I need to jump into it and get it done. Now, before you shout yes and co-sign with this view, think about this. What if instead of completing that huge task all at one time, at the risk of other things that are equally as or even more of a priority, you do it in stages? What about that? One day you thoroughly clean it, removing the cobwebs and the dirt. You examine every aspect of it to make sure it's clean. The next day you remove all the old finish and sand it down with a sander or coarse sandpaper until the surfaces are smooth. 
The next day, you then resand it to remove all the previous shine. The next day, you strip it with fast and even strokes. You allow it time to dry, then repeat. The next day, after it's fully dry, you add a sealer. That'll allow the natural grain to shine through and protect it from outside elements. The next day, you stain it or paint it using multiple coats. The last and final day, you add a finish to make it more durable and make it effective against long-term wear and tear. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a process. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful if you can complete a process in a few minutes rather than months or years? Wouldn't that be nice? How convenient for us if we can graduate from cleaning to finishing in less than an hour? What do you do when you realize that you're unfinished? Do you try to fix everything quickly with a job, a wife, and a strong financial portfolio? What I've learned the past five years or so is that you can plant all the seeds you want in your garden. The seed packet will tell you how long it should take. It tells you what months are generally best to grow that seed in. But at the end of the day, especially when weather conditions are not normal or ideal, that seed may grow or may die or may take a little longer than you thought. It's out of our control as soon as it leaves our hands. We do need to prepare the ground, liberally add water, obviously. Position it for the amount of light required, but in the end, it'll grow when it grows, if it's going to grow. Sometimes the seeds just aren't good and new ones are required to be planted. Sometimes the seeds take more time than the experts predict. Maybe their advice is based on conditions they're in, but that differ from your current circumstance. Hear that part again. Sometimes the seeds take more time than the experts predict. Maybe their advice is based on conditions they're actually in, but that are different from the ones that are in your current situation or circumstance. Maybe their ground is rich with nutrients and yours is compromised. It's really frustrating to watch man remain satisfied with being unfinished and not take those incremental steps forward. It's sad and it's depressing. And to the next generation and family members who witnessed this, it could be debilitating. The word I wanted to say today was debilitating. Excuse me. So where's your fight? Where's your fire? Where is your desire to win? Some climb mountains to find fulfillment. Some walk tight ropes or jump out of planes at 15,000 feet in the air just to feel alive. Matthew 4 and 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, as an author and a writer, I learned a lot, but one thing I didn't think about enough was that there's always a story Within the story. He doesn't jump out at you and say, hey, I'm right here. Look, over, I'm right here. Look, I'm, I'm over here. It's often obscure. Partially hidden by other facts and details, but it's there. The story of Adam in the minds of most is about the beauty of creation, communication, and the obliteration of relationship. There was a battle going on in that moment. Adam had a relationship in his hands. Deep, abiding relationship. Now, either he didn't fully understand the value of what he possessed or he didn't appreciate his role in said relationship. He didn't have much context, and that's fair. All he did have was his father's word. And in every case, centuries later, that should always be enough. Adam felt passive. He didn't actively defend. He didn't actively speak up. He didn't actively steward what was his by right. 
No alibi. He watched his family walk off of a cliff. And he didn't move a muscle. He didn't do or say a thing. The reward for his passivity? Exclusion. Anguish. Disconnection. Staggering silence in return. The silence that happens when you don't hear daddy like you used to. When you don't feel his touch like you remember it. Every situation since, most every circumstance requires active intervention. It's easy to sit back and wonder, why didn't God, with his booming voice and overwhelming presence, step in and say, son, daughter, what are you doing? Snake, get off my lawn. But that's not what happened, was it? You think there was ever a time where a father watched from his window while his son was face-to-face with that neighborhood kid? You think he ran outside and stepped between his son and that kid? How would that have boosted his son's confidence? If your son is facing 10 of those kids, that's different. You get outside and you stand up. Those are unfair odds. So does that mean the father felt Adam was on even footing? Even footing? He didn't need to run out of the house and onto the lawn to get between his son and the neighborhood bully? Maybe he had confidence that his son would make the right call. Maybe he was hopeful a valuable lesson would be taught to his son through life. So many men had been neutered and not given a chance to fall off of bikes and skin their knees. Sometimes they don't even get a chance to learn to walk for the first time and face plant on a hardwood floor. The instincts of some is to carry them, not until the child is ready, but when the parents are ready, that could be problematic. I may share more, I may share more of that story down the line, but I went to a Catholic elementary and middle school. They protected me to a degree from certain aspects of life. There was nothing easy about it, really. Not the discipline, not the code of conduct, not the endless rules and regulations, not the money it costs to send me there. I don't want to give you a false impression that it was a cakewalk because it was not. But my education really took off when I went to public high school. Nowhere near the level of discipline, rules and regulations, oversight and values. And dare I say, that made things much more difficult. Almost did something during that time that I wouldn't have been able to recover from. If I had done that, it would have changed my life forever. Engaging in discipline and having a code and standards are important for a man. Then and now, we need to know the line, where it is, and why it's there. But we also need to tap into what makes us vital. What makes us fight back. What makes us want to strap on those carabiners and harnesses and climb that mountain. As a fellow man, I don't want a world without rules. I hate government overreach as much as anybody, but having a measuring stick and standards made me who I am today and not the guy I could have become. We don't find that elusive sense of adventure by flipping through the Discovery Channel or ESPN. You want to know in a nutshell what quenches that fire even more than the words spoken against us? It is the quest for a passive and comfortable life. It's probably killed more men than sickness and disease put together. Many men are trying to figure out why their wives no longer have the desire to remain in marriages with them. There's nothing appealing about watching a person you love die a premature death. And with them, all the dreams you had together, the hopes, the plans, the dreams that were starting to gain momentum and the light going out from their eyes. Now, we regain that sense of adventure by positioning ourselves to be sent. We find it by committing ourselves to something bigger than us. Some of you are instantly imagining a corporation that you can work for. I really feel sorry for you because that's not it. 
It's not even close. Much of what man finds in the corporate world is bigger than they are, but that's not where real purpose is found. It's when something inside of you comes in contact with a higher purpose, the purpose you were made for. I know people who have told me that they believe they were created to work on an assembly line or be on a staff with a ministry or to be a TV star. Oh my God, that's so, so sad. That is so sad. It's sad and it's so off the mark. When Psalms 16 and 11 talks about knowing the path of life, it's not about a life. It's about the life. The reason you were formed. The reason you made it through what should have killed you dead years ago. The reason you're still breathing right now. The life. The purpose. The why. Even in your wildest dreams and imagination, nothing you can conjure up can ever compare to what is prepared for you if you would walk that path. The life. I know you're creative and intellectual and just downright bright and still God is greater. We can't outgive him and we certainly can't outthink him. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Man is unfinished. It's not accidental that 1 Timothy 6 and 12 says, fight the good fight of the faith. 2 Corinthians 2 and 14 says, we are led captive in triumph. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty six 26 says, we're in danger from rivers, bandits, fellow countrymen, non-believers, city, country, at sea, and on land. Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, call on God and he'll show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. This isn't poetry, man. This is part of the adventure we should be on. So many men are measuring the height of the mountain before they decide to climb it. Rather than making the climb, they then assessing how high it was to climb it. You don't think it's adventure and glory to be able to do anything that defies understanding and logic just because you listen to the voice of your maker? You don't think it's powerful to look at danger eye to eye and still be confident that you're winning no matter how many opposing forces are in front of you? The heart of man is to stand the test, wear the crown, persevere even when tempted, laugh at death, keeping your mind right and your heart pure when every enemy around you is after both. Do you think it's a coincidence that the top rated movies of all time are titles like The Godfather, The Shawshank Redemption, Star Wars, Black Panther, Lord of the Rings, 2001, A Space Odyssey. It's not just because men went out to watch them. It's because these movies spoke to that sense of adventure, mystery, and bold courage that has been wholly lost in man, generally speaking. They become forced to like Love Actually and The Notebook. Come on, man. The message I'm trying to relate to you is clear. I'm not saying grunt, stomp your feet, and be a bully. You are man. M-A-N, there are responsibilities that come with that beyond your work at the factory and your ability to catch fish and drink beer on the weekend. Just like when somebody gets fired at the steel mill, another person takes his place. Adam was booted out of the garden, but the responsibility isn't just sitting in the garden waiting for some incumbent to come back. It belongs to us and us alone. We are supposed to still subdue and duplicate. We are supposed to represent the king and exhibit his authority everywhere. Man is supposed to shine, not hide in the confines of his man cave, wishing to be left alone. The Bible says man is more than a conqueror. Anybody can win a battle, but man is more than a conqueror because they don't 
they don't not only win, but they remain in a winning mentality. They keep on winning. They are addicted to the idea of victory. They know they have it and they never give it up. They never relinquish it regardless of what things look like. Man is competitive, and that's why sports and gambling and athletics and fantasy sports even are at an all-time high. Competition is fine unless you're in a race for the last place. What's the point of competing for a crown that will tarnish and fade? What's the point of breaking records that are easily broken? Man seeks relevance and validation. We want to matter. We want to do what gives us significance, what gives us relevance. We want to make a difference that lasts. You can attach labels to this all you want to, but this is the bottom line. Post-Garden, we're fighting to get back to relevance, responsibility, and relationship. Post-Garden, we're fighting to get back to relevance, responsibility, and relationship. We need it. It attracts us like a magnet does to a piece of iron. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 25 says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain it. Now, would you say that it seems we're all in a race right now? A race for relevance? A race for prestige? A race to be loved? Hmm. A race to live a life that matters? What a race we run. The cool part, this is the cool part, is man can be unfinished and even unfathered in many cases. But there's hope. That hope is in a path paved for us already. It's already been walked. It's been walked. It's already been tread. It's already been paved. It's not new. It's been done before. It's just been long forgotten. Just like we love movies about hidden treasures by following clues and solving puzzles, I gave you pieces of the map throughout this episode. Follow the paved path and watch what happens. Wherever you are today, however you're listening to the People's Podcast, thank you so much for making the Call Me Mr. You. It's a small part of your morning, your day, and your week. We are, and God willing, will always be your weekly mirror check. Before you go change the world. What is the heart of man? What is the purpose of man? It's not sitting around on a weekend scratching ourselves. Ignoring our families and loved ones. Not making contributions to the community and neighborhood that we live in. The world that we're a part of. As you can tell from the content of this episode, it's a lot deeper than that. I hope it was a blessing to you. I hope it touched your heart. Before you go change the world, check yourself. Before you wreck yourself and everybody else. Thanks again for joining us. Hope to see you next time. Have a great day. Enjoy the music. Coach out. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, 
Wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find They Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.